What's good, everyone? It is Monday, February 15th, 2021, and welcome back to Two and a Half Hoopers, Andrew Gaudelock's favorite basketball podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Lehman, and with me, I have George Martin. What's up? I love the Andrew Gaudelock Laker legend. My favorite Laker of all time. And we have Joshua Syke. It's Valentine's Day today, guys, so no Josh. Uh, he's doing he's doing his boyfriend duties, uh, so we respect that, but it's just George and I holding down the fort today. Uh, to everyone listening, we're happy to have y'all, and also remember to check us out on uh, YouTube if you haven't. On tonight's episode, we're going to be catching you guys up to speed on the games that went down the last couple of days. Uh, we'll see what our social media guru, George, has found for us in the world of NBA news, like always. And then end it off, we're going to take you guys through the second All-Star ballot returns and drop our opinions for them. Uh, but first, if you like what you hear, make sure to follow our socials, all at TH Hoopers. We'll make it a habit here on the pod to set aside some time towards the end of every episode to answer you guys' comments, questions. You can just get some shout-outs for the support in the show. We did some shout-outs last time, and we got some questions this time, or one question. Uh... Yeah, go find us at TH Hoopers and let's talk. Uh, I'll start us here Friday, February 12th. Uh, we can start it off with the Terry Rozier 40 bomb and a 114 120 win against the T Wolves. No D-Lo again for the Wolves, so Cat and him weren't able to keep building that chemistry uh, on the court that they obviously have off the court. But Cat did have 25 points in the second game back, building upon the 18 point effort in the game against the Clips. Uh, like I mentioned, Scary Terry put on a show leading the Hornets with 41, and Malik Beasley led the Wolves in scoring like he does every game. Uh, next beat the Wizards, 109-91 in D.C. As the Wizards were missing Beal and also Thomas Bryant, who they have unfortunately lost for the rest of the season. Uh, Russ had a near-triple-double, but came out short due to Julius Randle's 24-18 uh, boards, that is. Uh, I'm just glad Josh ain't here because... Oh, Russell wrestling... Westbrook played and they lost. Oh. <laughs> his, his wrestling and narrative, but it, it's so right it hurts right now. We'll get into it a little later because we'll I get some redemption. But, yes, we do. But yeah... Friday was not looking good. He was letting me have it in the group chat. I, I didn't. I didn't interject because I knew you would be uh, happy. No one was here to interject about Russ playing in a loss. So yeah. Well, I'm I, I'm, I'm an unbiased host here. I have to. I I gotta give you guys the facts. They lost again with Russell Westbrook playing. Uh, but stay tuned. They they, they, didn't, they didn't lose again. Uh, but not a close one between the Spurs and Hawks. Uh, Spurs take the W one twenty five one fourteen. Uh, San Antonio used a forty one to nineteen run in the third to break this game wide open wide open and the Hawks didn't have the fire pedal lead, lead a successful comeback. Uh, both teams relatively healthy and the leaders in this one were DeRozan with 23 and eight and six and Shagan with 25, but only three assists. Uh, I wasn't going to have you bring in here, but you have an interesting look on your face. I'm, uh, I'm reading the box score. What'd you notice? <laughs> the Hawks won the fourth 42 to 15 yet still mm-hmm. lost by double digits. That's no, wild. That third quarter was insane. Like I, I, I caught only that third quarter. I was like, this is the best team I've ever seen. The San Antonio Spurs are turning back the clock. But yeah. I, I didn't catch the fourth quarter. So maybe like, I mean, the Spurs just let their foot the gas, obviously, because yeah. they, they lost the quarter by nearly 30. And they won by 11. They must have been up by insane numbers. Yeah, because I was keeping my eye on that game. And it was like, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. How'd they almost come back? And I, I just, I didn't watch the fourth. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is the one, I'll say it again. It stood up to me. Trey only three assists. Uh, this was sandwiched in between. We'll get later. He had another 15 assists. And before this, he had double digits again. You think that was kind of the reason they lost? Atlanta's just been in a weird funk offensively. Because we know they can't defend. And just... I mean, ever since the start of the season, we, we've talked about this. They had so many moving pieces coming in. You had Gallinari, you had uh, Bogdanovich, and, you know, they just haven't seen – I mean, they're going to put up points just because they have the talent, but it just – they struggle a lot at times, and that's where they lose the game. Because, you know, they had 19 points. 
You heard that? What was that? That, that was ESP because I'm on ESPN reading the box where I got a little. Pop. All right. Okay. So you, well, I guess we'll just faked. I guess we'll just move on here. But yeah, their offense at, at times it just gets really clunky, and I don't know why. Yeah, like we said before, um, we didn't have like a season preview because we started this in around February. But we, I was on the board of like they have too many players. Like, how are they gonna make this fit? I don't think they played a single game with all their signings, and now they're just. I think they're like they've just gone to one of like the most top heavy teams when you look at Trey Young, Collins, and Capella, mm-hmm. and then the drop after that. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, uh, the Donk Luka Doncic scored a career high forty six and also led the Mavs in rebounds and assists. On the way to a high-scoring 130-143 win. Uh, high-scoring games, so we had a few 30-point scores. Luke, obviously, career high. Uh, KP with 36. And the Pelicans' front court had 36 from Zion and 30 from BI. Uh, all offenses game, as both teams showed over 50%. And the map scores Pelicans from three, shooting 56%. Uh, what did you see from this game? High-scoring, um, so you got you to gotta tell me something. <laughs> yeah, so, no, before the game, uh, I was on Twitter, and a Pelicans fan said, First to 130 wins. He called it <laughs> because <laughs> Dallas scored 143. No, this is this is the uh, type of offense we expected from Dallas. They're a offensive juggernaut. KP looked more like himself, was very efficient from three. Yeah, like you said, 56% from three is just flat out ridiculous. You're not going to beat a team like that. Um, the thing with the Pelicans, like especially with SVG, I really thought their defense – you know, would look a lot better to this point. And I get like mm-hmm. the Mavericks are going to be hard to start, but their defensive scheme is just really bad. And there was actually uh, someone tweeted out, there have been three franchises that set their uh, record high in threes against the Pelicans, the Pacers, the Bulls, and now the Mavs. This season? Yeah, this season. Holy was- hell. <laughs> it's been a big problem, especially three-point shooting against the team. I don't know why. I don't get to watch many Pelican games, uh, as I should, because, you know, they have the baby Lakers. But it seems like they have this thing where they're more of like a pack the paint and it's just like leave the three-point shooter, which is just dumb in this type of yeah era. But yeah, three teams set their franchise record in three. So it's a big problem that they need. And to also they kind of have uh, you know, Zion's obviously not as lumbering, quote unquote, as Steven Adams. Mm-hmm. They got those two guys, and you got good perimeter defense in Lonzo and Eric Bledsoe. Bledsoe kind of lacking this year, but he's known for his perimeter defense. And then you got B. Yeah. You got you got Bi, who's a who's very long. Pause. So I mean, you would think that you know they would. I don't think they'd be this bad, but I kind of understand it. Um, but also, you kind of got to give them not this game, but they they have been scoring a lot. Uh, when they go on their like little, they normally win four in a row, lose four in a row. They're on national TV. They play good. Yada yada yada. So uh, uh, TNT Zion or something, right? That's a yeah, thing. Yeah. Right? So um. There's no excuse for getting up 143, but Luca 46. I mean, sometimes Luka. sometimes the Mavs are going to explode on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, Clippers look to keep on keeping on without PG as they beat the Bulls 125-106. Uh, the Bulls' defense continues to be just a hoax. It's it's cap. Uh, the Clippers <laughs> shoot nearly 60% from the field, uh, which is just dumbfounding to me. But I guess it was perfect storm with the Clips giving great O and the Bulls sus. Uh, Kawhi continues to build his MVP resume quietly like he always does. Uh, I want to ask where he ranks for you as far as – I don't want to hear, like, your, like, top 10 big boy, but, like, is Kawhi no. a real threat for MVP this year? Yeah, so I have LeBron and Joel Embiid. They're in their own tier at the top two. They're going to flip a lot, especially with the, the records. Um, at three, it's basically a toss-up for me between uh, – Jokic and Kawhi, but I actually have Kawhi at three. The Clippers have been 
heavily flying under the radar, which I expected coming into the season because now it's like, well, we don't care. Do it in the playoffs. But especially without PG lately, he's missed the last five or six games. Mm-hmm. Kawhi has looked very good. He started out slow, which is why I feel like nobody really talked about him because PG had such a historic uh, hot start. But Kawhi's been very, very, very consistent and putting up 33. He's leading the team. I believe he's had to play I don't know. Well, PG was playing point, but now it's basically him because, you know, Bobby Schmurda can't really run that. So I have him at three. I don't know where you have him, but he's been consistent. He's flying under the radar and he should be in more talks as the Clippers are probably going to go win more games now with the, we'll, we'll get to why they'll probably leapfrog the Lakers soon. Um. Yeah, I think, so I have him, I think you've got him in a good spot at three. Um. Do you have him in Jokic neck and neck? Yeah. So it's 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 Embiid and LeBron neck and neck at one and two, and then a pretty big gap, and then Jokic and Kawhi neck and neck. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, basically. I I think a big part in uh you know all respect to PG, he was hooping, but like it was kind of I didn't know which one was going to start the All Star game between Kawhi and PG. They were playing really good basketball together, and uh, then PG goes down, and it's kind of like the whole it's like a version of how I had CJ McCollum start in the All Star game, yeah. and Dame as a backup, and then CJ goes down unfortunately. And now Dame's just hooping, and yeah. uh, he he takes that. So um, if Kawhi plays, he's never been a huge threat for MVP uh, because he's either playing all eighty two, but you know a role player on the Spurs, or he was doing his load management, which That's worked true. out. Yeah, yeah. but um, I don't know exactly how many games he's played, but I don't see him sitting out too many. Uh, he had to sit out uh, Sunday's game, uh, which we'll yeah. get to. But I don't remember another one where he was like. He hasn't really sat out. Every time he sat out, it's been health and safety protocols or actual injuries. And he's played back-to-backs for the first time since uh, 2017, 2018. Yeah. You know, that first tenure. So, yeah, that reason, too, is another reason he should be up in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, this is really the first year he's really in the conversation, right? Because, like I said, he he was always deserving. He's always a top five player in the league. But he just wasn't playing enough games. Yeah. No, he would. You can't really uh, be considerate for MVP when you're playing barely 60 games. I think Kawhi was honestly only playing like 55 out of 82. You can't. Mm-hmm. The Raptors MVP, uh, the Raptors uh, championship here, he played 61. He yeah. said, so you're not winning that with that. So, yeah, exactly. uh, the sort of a horrible Celtics weekend started off with the loss of the Giants slaying Pistons, uh, 108 102. Uh, contenders know they're going to get the Pistons best in the link up, uh, but I guess Celtics didn't get the memo. As they let should uh don't Sadiq, tell me Sadiq B uh yeah. yeah have the night of his young career scoring 30 and going seven for seven from three-point land. Uh the most threes by rookie ever, if I'm not mistaken. Uh he broke that record. Uh no Kemba for this one, but it's still the last place team in the east that you dropped one to. So uh we'll talk about the selects later more. But something with the Pistons and always beating the top teams in each that, conference. They're the giant slayers. I don't understand. Like please do not let this team get into the playoffs somehow, or everyone is screwed. Yeah, that's gonna be misery for the Bucks. Um yeah. Not 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 a good look for the Celtics. Uh Thunder falls short of an upset by the Harris on their chinny chin chin as they drop a winnable one to the Nuggets 95-97 without Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um so Joker missed out on triple-double by a single assist, and Josh Jackson led the Thunder in scoring off the bench with 20. Uh, despite the, despite the low-scoring affair, both teams shot over 40% from the field, which I didn't think I'd see uh, because none, none of them cracked 100, but I guess, you know, less possessions. Uh, Denver won the fourth quarter by 11 and secured the comeback W. Jazz started off the weekend with a statement winning against the Bucks, uh, who are coming off a nail-biting loss to the Suns. Uh, final score, 115-129. 
The Jazz had a double-digit lead throughout the fourth as the Giannis's 29 and 15 were dwarfed by Gobert's 27 and 12. Uh, no Conley for the Jazz, so this W continues to hold more weight. Uh, and the Jazz win this rebound battle by 13. Uh, that being said, I'm sure you got more to add. Uh, what do you see from this one? Yeah, Utah is just. I mean, they're really fun to watch. I mean, they're they have up in the kitchen. It it is no joke. Someone on Twitter called him the Swamp Meat Spurs, and I kind of liked it. Their ball movement is incredible. I mean, they had a possession where they were, they pa- I think they passed around the key once. Someone drove through like a no look, and someone hit a like. Uh, I think it was like uh, Bogdan Bojanovic or Ingles hit the three, and I mean. Their defense, too, I didn't expect them to be as good defensively as they've been. Like, I don't – when I see when I see Daddy well, Joey – They do have two-time defense player of the year, Rudy Gobert, on their squad. I know. A real liability in the starting lineup. Yeah, but, like, Joe, just Joe Ingles doesn't seem like the guy who's going to play good defense for me. But, yeah. Don't tell that to PG-13. Don't he tell had, that to PG. had him in purgatory in that series. Yeah. Um, also, I guess I'll add a question here. Has Rudy Gobert been – the jazz best player because apparently twitter thinks that <laughs> well that makes sense and good question uh twitter's very uh spur of the moment and yeah. last four games I, do, I i go through every game do every recap he's putting up numbers like no like 2020s like he's putting up andre drummond numbers on the first seat team which yeah. gets a lot of attention uh i know we had a talk you know before we even have the podcast uh, start of the season josh didn't think rudy Gobert was a top five center um and I think his now his his reasoning was Vooch is in there, which is looking pretty solid now. Uh, Vooch is putting up forty almost every other night. But to answer your question, yeah, I think I mean it has to be Spider. It kind of goes back to you know when they had that whole COVID thing and you know uh, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell was angry at Gobert and like all that stuff. And we were everyone's like, who would you trade? Like who if you could only keep one, who would you keep? And uh, I think Gobert is the more irre- uh, irreplaceable piece because he's, you know, that two-time defense player of the year. But Spider raises their ceiling. Uh, and I think that's why I go with Spider, uh, Donovan Mitchell for casuals. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, when he drops 37, they normally win. And he's always pretty efficient. Uh, but I think they're, they're doing this tag team thing pretty well. You can go either way. Uh, but I would say Donovan. To to, uh, to clarify, I had Gobert at I believe four or five. I had it was maybe I had Bam over him, but I think that was just because that you know, they both had Bam. Yeah, they went on a finals run, so I was like, oh, Bam, he's gonna you know increase his offense. Um, but with the if you would trade, I said trade Spider, and I'm not. I don't want this to seem like I'm saying. You and Josh both said uh, trade Spider. I wasn't the keeping him, but I I was torn. I don't want this to be like, oh, you know, Spide is easily replaceable, but having a two-time defensive player of the year, defensive anchor is a lot harder to find than a scoring, like a combo scoring guard in Spida. I mean, look what they have in Clarkson off the bench. Now I get it. Clarkson is not going to, you know, if it was just Clarkson and Gobert, I don't think they're going to be a first seed. Like you said, Mitchell raises their ceiling, but do you kind of get what I'm saying there? I kind of get it. And I understood when you were saying it then, Yeah, but like, Spite is not just any he's not just a normal scorer. I this guy that. gets buckets. I know. You saw him in this in the series against the Nuggets. He's an absolute bucket. Like there's no way about it. I understand like the scoring is more easily replaceable than you know yeah, the, the defense and rebounding. Uh-huh. But Donovan Mitchell's worth two Jordan Clarksons. Oh, hundred. So, like, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one more thing I want to talk about. Uh, just from the Jazz in general, just to give them you know their uh, their flowers. Uh, Joe Ingles is kind of. 
every time Mike Conley's out, he slides in that point guard spot, and he just does very, very well. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is very capable of running that point guard spot, but you know he's more of a natural scorer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe Ingles, ha- do you have the stat sheet up right now? Uh, yeah, let me go see it. You want uh, his I, assist? I, I think Joe had twenty-seven points, right? Yeah, twenty-seven and five, yeah. five assists. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the fact the fact that he can slide in. And, yeah. and go from you know bench player to starting role and they don't skip a beat that that's the that's the player i thought that like luke Kennard and nicholas batum would be for the clippers i mean nick batum's been hooping though let's let's not but he let's... hasn't been running that point guard slot like i thought he would nick batum's been hooping but he's just much, yeah. he, he's cashing corner threes yeah not as much uh but yeah overall great one for the jazz um maybe one to forget for the bucks but you know there's no no shame in losing the jazz mm-hmm uh, next up was a Laker game, so I don't have to say much. Uh, they came out screwing around, and then in the third quarter, came out ready to play, uh, racing a 20-point lead that the Grizzlies held, uh, winning at home 105-115. Uh, both teams healthy, and good games from the one-two punch, AD and Braun, combining for 63-18. and 18. Uh, Grizzlies had three players in the starting lineup score over 20, but not a lot of help uh, besides that. Uh, you know, normal game. Uh, Blazers beat the Cavs 110-129, as their leading score was Gary Trent with 23. Uh, Blazers did it by committee, having eight players score over 15 points, or five players score, sorry, and uh, shot 8% better from the field than the Cavs. Uh, as for the Cavs, Sexton led them in scoring with 25, but they were down by 21 at halftime and never really put together a solid run. Uh, Magic capitalized on Michael Carter-Williams' return to action by being the Kings 123-112. Uh, Vooch once again put on a damn show, uh, 42 and snagging nine boards in just 34 minutes. As for the Kings, they were without their leader, De'Aaron Fox, so... Not much to say uh, about why they lost this one. Uh, that and no one on their score, their squad scored more than twenty points. Before before we get to uh, Saturday's action, I know we did a segment. I, I don't know if it was last pod or two pods ago. My memory's not serving me correctly. We talked about our most underrated players. None of us had Vucevic. Is do you think he can fit in that category? Because he's he is putting up numbers, and I, I I mean I don't know if you want to call them empty numbers because like there's nobody on that team and they're not mm-hmm. winning but i mean nobody's really talked about how good he's been playing so i'll answer the empty numbers thing first uh empty numbers normally like he fits the bill for that because he's losing games putting up mad numbers yeah. but he's an all-star and he's proven he can that's like saying bradley beal's putting up empty numbers yeah. uh beal's putting up more numbers but they're both proven all-stars that just happen to be losing mm-hmm. uh but you know, like, like I said, Josh had Bucha five uh, yeah. for his centers. And I was like, no, no way. Then I looked at the stats and he was averaging like 22, 11, and like a block. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, yeah, he has a case there. He's not underrated for me anymore because, like I said, I, I go through these recaps and just he's putting up mad numbers. Like he's putting up a, a lot of numbers. And, I mean, do you think he's underrated? I mean – to me, like the underrated thing is just more about like, are people like, how is he rated? How are people talking about him? And like, I get it. If Josh has him at five and if most people think about it, then no, he's not underrated. But I just feel like in a sense of top centers, I know he's not like top, top center, but I just feel like he's underappreciated in a sense, like of how good he's been to, he's been really consistent. So maybe it's just cause you know, the magic aren't winning. So nobody's going to talk about it. So maybe mm-hmm. he's not like underrated in a sense, but yeah, that's he's just been underrated ever since he's come into league by, you know, players that or fans only watch like their favorite team, but yeah. uh, most play like when he was an all-star, every fan was kind of like, yeah, he should be an all-star. Uh, yeah. But this season. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think they know he's like good still. I don't think they know he's putting up 40 points every, every other night. Yeah. Which, that's, that's, that's why I brought it up. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I think I think it's a coin toss between like what you consider underrated, but I okay. think a lot a lot of people know Vuchkin. Vuchkin. For sure. Uh, a short but sweet Saturday in the NBA started off with the Suns W against the Sixers. Uh, final score one eleven one twenty. Uh, Stars put up their usualness, uh, beat thirty five and book at thirty six. Uh, game was won by the Suns bench as they score uh, outscore the Sixers bench forty nine to twenty, uh, led by Dario Sarge with fifteen. Uh, George, tell me more about this game. Uh, so yeah, um, Sixers kind of came out slow and, uh, there was one thing that really, I think they were hunting Embiid in the pick and roll. And did you end up catching this game? Because I did. And I think that was a few plays, but I wouldn't say it was hunting. Uh, but it definitely showed Embiid, uh, who's very capable defender perimeter and defense. Ooh, did I lose you? Oh, no, I'm no, here. You just you just stood still. Um, he's a very capable defender, but he was a little lackluster on those pick and rolls. But uh, whether it was CP3 and as the ball handler or Booker as the ball handler, it's, it's a tough pick and roll to stop. Hmm. Yeah, no, because I, I saw that that was trending, and I thought, oh my god, did you hear that? Oh uh, yeah, we heard that. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're, gonna get, heard. we're gonna get like copyright <laughs> struck. Um, but anyways, uh, and the thing that actually stuck out to me uh, more than that the few hunting plays was Simmons had a really good first half 16 in the first was being aggressive ends up with 18 like he's done this all year inconsistency with wanting to attack and if we don't uh, normally see it in the same game though we don't normally see like inconsistency in the same game normally comes out and he drives and he's playing good or sometimes he doesn't drive you know it'll be like but halftime was odd when when they beat the Lakers he was like attacking I I don't know I think he scored close to 20 he was attacking the rim he had like scored really hot and then it's just like he had 16 and a half and i checked i'm like oh my god like finally because you know i have the sixers coming out of the east i'm like if we can get this ben simmons game to game like they're going to be a lot more of a threat and then has two like i don't get it i don't know if he's trying to find his teammates get Embiid, you know all the good touches and it 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 just makes me mad but yeah um sons have i think they're on like a seven game win streak or won like six of their last seven their benches played great. Mikhail Bridges. I was actually talking about this on Josh's podcast. Follow J Sports Podcast. Um, Mikhail Don't Br- do that to our audience. Don't <laughs> go close to your mic like that. Uh, Mikhail Bridges is a really, really good wing defender, and especially in the West with all the wings. Uh, so, yeah, if you got anything else to add, that's what I saw. Uh, you basically, you know, covered it from A to Z. Uh, Suns really – they're overachieving and we had them in the playoffs for the first time since they traded Steve Nash. So uh, good season for the Suns. Sixers, you know, I think this was, it wasn't a trap game, but I don't think they came out ready to play, like you said. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they're on the road. So not much to add there. <laughs> Pacers beat the Hawks 125-113 as Doug McDermott led them in scoring with 26, continuing a solid season so far. Uh, this is the third loss in a row for the Hawks and we're really starting to see how badly they missed their perimeter D of DeAndre Hunter. Uh, Pacers shot 50% from the field as the Hawks have gone from one of the deepest teams in the league, in my opinion, to a very top heavy squad. Like I mentioned, uh, as our yeah. top six players scored every point besides eight. I don't know if that is as crazy as it looks on the box score, but it's just a starter six man. And then six and two, no one else scored. I was like, mm, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Lloyd Pierce, not job in jeopardy. Cause he just had so many injuries, but it's, it, it's going to be tough to see how he turns this, uh, it spins it positive because they could really use some defense. Uh, the shorthanded Rockets without a low depot fell the Knicks uh, 99-121 in New York. 
Julius Randle and Emmanuel quickly continue to be the heart of the Knicks, just uh, each having 22 on good shooting. And as for the Rockets, Wall and Gordon combined for 50, but others didn't step up in the scoring department. Uh, moving on, Katie had his Golden State homecoming, came with a W, 134-117 uh, against the Warriors, who, for the record, still don't have a center. But but the Nets don't either, to be honest. So <laughs> pr- pretty even. Very well-rounded game by not just the Nets' big three, but the whole team uh, spread the ball around and racking up 36 assists, 16 of which by James Harden. Uh, so he's really – she'll that quote where it's like – Kyrie's like, I'm the, sh- I'm the two guard, you're the point guard, which is what – it's it's not front-running, but one, it's smart because that's what I thought. You're, I'm like, James Harden is much more capable of playing on ball and spreading the ball around than Kyrie. And luckily Kyrie, you know, acknowledged that. Uh, before I let you take this game, uh, Steph, drop, Steph drops 21 in the L. Uh, but let me hear from you. Uh, yeah, K- KD actually started at the five. So not to mention no uh, no Uncle JG, or JG came off the bench. The, the, the problem I had with the Warriors, which I've said about any high-profile team playing against Brooklyn, they shot way too much from behind the arc. You can't get into a shootout with the Nets. You're not going to beat them. And the Warriors shot an abysmal 26.5% from three. They did not attack the rim. You have guys like Oubre and Wiggins who are wonderful slashers, and they just said Oubre took 15 shots. You, you, can't, you can't be taking that many shots if you're not going to be attacking the rim against a team that has no uh, interior defense. That is the Warriors' t- t- game, though. They shoot threes because they got Steph. Um, I mean, sorry to cut you off, but one thing I did notice, and it was a problem with the Warriors, uh, Steph shot 10 for 17, good shooting. I feel like he has to shoot more. That He's their guy. No one else is really going to score for them. They got Wiggins Newberry, like you said, who are very hot and cold. But, like, Steph needs to be shooting – like Russell Westbrook numbers from his MVP season, like just yeah. taking over, which he's like, capable of and he's shown. No, but he's, it, he's the unselfish superstar. The Warriors like to spread that ball around. So, yeah, you're exactly right. And well, he was also kind of getting doubled a bit. So, you know, he's, he's, uh, Wiggins and Ubre both took 15 shots. Like, so, like you said, you know, Steph only took two more, 17. So, yeah, he needs to, he needs to take a lot more if they're going to want to be considered uh, a top seed. But, I just that's the every time I see a team play the Nets, I'm like, all right, it's either going to be a close game and then they're going to, you know, attack the interior or try and shoot them out the gym. Because like when the Nets beat them, I believe the Nets had 80 points in the paint in one game. That is how you beat the Brooklyn Nets. If you start taking, if you start settling for threes and jumpers, good luck. You're not beating them. Yeah. Um, Just uh, to go to the Nets side. Luckily, there. So there are two problems with the Nets when they traded for uh, James Harden, or like problems the media like made up. Essentially, it was uh, the only one ball narrative, and then the yeah. no defense narrative. Mm-hmm. Luckily, three of us took the defense narrative because I figured they're going to figure it out. They're all pretty close friends. Yeah. Uh, but it it's really like that. That is not a narrative anymore. Like only one ball. Okay, Harden's going to get sixteen assists, and I think uh, you know the defense is still there. But they're they're shoring up almost every other problem they have. I think they're they're one big man away from being my favorite out of the East. I was I was never worried about the one you know the one man the one ball. It was thing. corny, yeah, it was corny. No, because Harden hadn't hasn't Harden already led the league in assists once, like yeah. back in like 2015. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I and he he always gets assists. Even I mean this year, him and Christian Wood were cooking up. He was throwing lobs, so I knew he'd be unselfish. He seemed like the one who would have that quality. The defense uh, from day one, I knew was going to be the outlying problem, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I, I it wasn't a narrative. It was 
They traded away their best interior defender and their best wing defender. You're going to be bad. And they traded it to have, you know, three juggernaut offensive players. So it hasn't, it hasn't been totally bad. Like, yeah, they've lost the wizards twice, but I mean, winning, you know, they're winning games against good teams. So we'll see come playoff time, basically. Yeah. Um, wrapping up this very easy Saturday to recap, uh, the Heat told a four-game win streak come to an end, but no shame. Uh, once again, they lose, uh, not once again, they lose to the Jazz. Once again, the Jazz beat someone, uh, 92-114 on the road. Uh, Jimmy struggled from the field, uh, but it was nice to see Hero back on the court and the Heat are slowly inching towards a fully healthy squad. Uh, Spider led the Jazz in scoring and him and Joe Ingles split point guard duties as Mike Conley was out for this one as well. Uh, George, anything to add here? Um, no, I think this game was actually pretty early on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. This, uh, if I do the normally chronological order, I think this was the nightcap. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was like Saturday at noon. My bad. Anyways, um, no, so I, I didn't watch the first half, but I tuned in and it was like a single digit game going to the third. And there was a stretch for about seven minutes. The Heat just could not score. And I, they only ended up with 15 points in the third versus 31 against the Jazz. But yeah, they were they were close. They were competing. And then I just, they could not. It was like there was a lid on the rim. So yeah. Jazz, another impressive defensive and offensive performance. They're playing great as a team. I mean, they are they are competing every night for that number one. And I, I think I know why they want that number one seed. They don't want to see Lakers or Clippers in the second round, assuming yeah. – one of those teams get uh, two and three. So they, they've been, they've been great. They've definitely shown why they have the best do record. You, do you have them getting the first seed? I do. I, I, I do. I think they're definitely, you know, you said the other, and I'm a big jazz believer. I had, I had them making the playoffs and you called them, or you said someone on Twitter called them the 2015 Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> and I don't like it, but I do like in the term that they are a regular season type team. <laughs> I, they remind me of the the Rockets the last couple of years where they're a regular season team uh, before they traded for us. Uh, the regular season team and in the same area as the Nuggets where they could make a push in the playoffs, but I don't know if they're there yet. But yeah. <laughs> I do have them getting the first seed. I hope they're not the 2015 Hawks, but who knows, Watch man. By LeBron, baby. <laughs> Hopefully not. All right. uh, so that was Saturday. Moving on to Sunday, uh, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, Josh is very lucky he isn't here because the Wizards finally won a game or Russell Westbrook played. Thank I <laughs> I'll have to do I'll have to do a deep dive to see if they merit merit for like them going like this bad with him. But the stats don't lie. The Wizards before this game were two and fourteen with Russell Westbrook in games where he played. Um, and the two wins came against the Nets. So every game they didn't play the Nets and Russell Westbrook played L L in the column before this morning. 91 a 104 W against the fully healthy Celtics squad. Uh, Bill of the Wizards and Buckets having uh, 35 points. Somehow the Wizards dug in defense and held the Celtics to 35% shooting uh, from the field. George, is this weekend any concern for the Beantown boys? Um, Long term, I'm going to say no because they are still missing uh, Marcus, Smart. Marcus Smart. But until he's gone, yeah. And Jason Tatum had a uncharacteristic three for 14 performance. I mean, I've never seen him put up only six points in a game. Their defensive struggles have definitely shown without Marcus smart. Again, their centers are horrible, like almost unplayable, but they can't not play them. They don't really have centers. They have power forwards converted into centers. Yeah, no, it's a huge problem. And (laughs) every glaring day, it just Danny Ames just 
<laughs> it keeps looking worse because Terry Rozier, Miles Turner, and Gordon Hayward are absolutely balling. Two of those players, former Celtics, one of them was on the table for them to acquire. Yeah. And Twitter, the Celtics fans are starting to turn, not only on Danny Ainge, but Brad Stevens as a coach. And, you know, I don't mind it as a Laker fan, but I, I got to be a little bit unbiased on the pod. Um, so, yeah, long term, no. The East has been in a funk, so I still think Boston's going to have a top four seed. Do you, do you see a need for – not a really Danny Ainge redemption arc, but do you see a need for, you know, a trade to happen? Uh, we talked about it a, a while back ago. Uh, you know, J.J. Redick, they don't need him, but they're rumored to get him. Oh, I, 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 th- I know it's what-if season in Celtics land, but, like, do you, do you see – like, do they, they need to go all in on Drummond. Is that something they need to do? Yeah, yeah, especially with – you have the wings. You have uh, Brown and Tatum. You got the spacing already. Yeah, you can you can survive with Drummond out there. And like and yeah, Drummond offers a big interior uh, defender. And I just mean when you when you look at a team in the East, you're gonna go up against Sixers, Nets, um, Bucks. You know, all teams that have really really big uh, athletic. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Just, you know, KD, Embiid, Giannis. So you need a big defender to guard one of those they're guys. tall and the celtics are not tall exactly uh, uh, yeah exactly put it that way so yeah they Drum- would yeah that way. drummond's not like they're like a plus wish list but he's mm-hmm. the best one on the market i mean you would like you know you're playing Giannis, you're playing Embiid. you want players that are like more agile than drummond and he's yeah. lumbering but he's gonna get you 20 20 some nights and he's also gonna come i would assume at a pretty cheap cost because he's an expiring contract and the Cavs have jared allen mm-hmm. so I mean, I know Danny doesn't trade anything, so he should have some first in there. I'm sure a first would get it done. I really am. Yeah. Um, so I think a, a trade needs to happen, whether it's Drummond, whether, you know, they're trying to outbid them when it gets bought out in the, uh, around the trade deadline. Yeah. But I think they need a big almost as much as the Nets do, which is crazy to say. I agree. Uh, T-Wolves break their losing streak, and Cat gets his first win since going back into action as they defeat the Raps 116-112. Uh, Cat chipped in 20 and 11, but the one thing I've noticed has been pretty passive since coming back. Uh, and that theme continued as he only shot 11 times this game. Uh, for the Raps, it was a matter of losing the third quarter by 12 points, never really able to put a strong enough, st- uh, like put strong stops together uh, to secure the W. But other than that, uh, you know, Cat got his first win. Congrats. Uh, hopefully they get D'Lo back soon. I don't know the word on D'Lo uh, very much. It's him. I, it's just been sad. Him and Cat, I don't even think since D'Lo was traded there. Have no, had, they haven't played a game together. No, I, they've played a game together, but I don't think they've played like five, you know, like a stretch of five, ten games. No, which, uh, it, it just sucks because I, I, I thought bright of that duo. Yeah, well, they're both still young. They're both still under contract. Once they get stuff figured out, then they, then they can start. Uh, you know, hopefully, slinging some W's together. Uh, Terry Rozier capped out the weekend how it started for him, uh, putting on a scoring clinic, but that wasn't enough to defeat the Red Hot Spurs. Who now move on to seven and three in their last ten after this 122-110 W over the Hornets. Uh Jonte Murray led them with 26 and 12. Uh boards, that is, not assists. Uh, and the Spurs won the assist battle by eight, which puts them over the edge. Uh, and this one, in my opinion, that was kind of the assist battle. Uh for the Hornets, this was a tough loss, but it didn't completely ruin the weekend. Uh, as they now slide to the sixth seed after a one-on-one weekend record. They uh, overtake the Hawks. A uh, good weekend for the Pistons as they, as they build off a dub against the Celtics to turn into a 112-123 win against the Pelicans. Josh Jackson led them uh, in points, so I said last time that doesn't normally work. It worked. They beat they they uh they beat the Pelicans. Uh, now he had 20. Pelicans side uh, Zion and Bi both had 26. 
Uh, Pistons slept, slept the first quarter and then won every quarter after. And something else from this game is uh, Dennis Smith got some NBA playing time, scored nine points. Good to see. Uh, his first game, he got 13 minutes donut. Uh, but this time, uh, he, was, he was a little more uh, shot happy. Uh, two of the top three point guards in the NBA faced off in the first game of an ESPN doubleheader. Uh, Dame sunk a clutch three to beat Luka and the Mavs, 121-118. I'm sure we'll talk a good amount about this one, uh, but I'll just lay some stuff out. Uh, Luke, after breaking his career high last game of uh, 46, scored another 44 on the night uh, and also chipped in nine helpers. Uh, Dame had 34 and 11, and each all-star had some solid help across the board from their uh, bench and all their starters. Uh, what did you see from this game? Is it time to put Dame in the MVP conversation? I know, like, not as a top candidate, but as to start entertaining because CJ's been down a while. Nurk has been down. They've been shorthanded, and he is – and they're winning it's really impressed me yeah um the fact that like normally you don't i don't use the we use overuse terms didn't skip a beat they yeah. started the fifth seed when cj went out they're fifth seed still yeah but also battle all their injuries um but i think uh you can't uh give all the credit to dame uh last 10 games that cj's been out gary trent jr 22 uh, points on i think uh 50 40 splits so i think he deserves uh, the most credit um, for that CJ, but I think Dame is right there with them as their leader uh, because mm-hmm. I mean, Dame always puts up these numbers, but I mean, what's, what season does this make Dame more eligible for than last past seasons? seasons? Yeah, I get it. But I mean, I just, I just felt like lobbing that up. He, no, I was thinking about today. Cause I was like, uh, like, you know, CJ went out all the stuff you mentioned, but then I started listing them. Like we got the four we discussed then we got Steph, uh, then we got, um, you know, you got to throw Giannis in there. And what's that put like Dame at seven or eight? So yeah, I, I don't no. know what, how big the table uh, of the MVP discussion, you know, there is. Yeah, he's just top 10. I mean, but any yeah. past five, you're not going to, you know, go to a war with it. Great game for Dame. And uh, I know I'm not on social media as much as you, but I, I know the streets are saying uh, Dame over Luca to start the All-Star game. I'm on board. I'm on board with that. Um I think uh, starters are gonna should be Steph and Dame, and then Luca, you know, maybe coming off the bench. But either yeah. way, yeah. Uh, Bucks drop another game to the uh, to the Thunder once again without Shea Gilgis Alexander. One hundred nine, one fourteen. May have been a trap game, but I still got to give the Thunder some credit for the weekend and to be able to close it out against a team like the Bucks is impressive. Uh, Giannis had a triple double, and Justin Jackson led the Thunder with twenty two while playing point guard. Uh, it was anyone's game going into the fourth, and the Thunder simply wanted it more. Normally with those trap games that we describe, you know, quote-unquote trap games, uh, they just don't come out ready to play. You see that with the Lakers, like, almost every day. Bucks were in this one, and they gave up in the fourth. So it was a little odd. Um, but I know this isn't, like, a huge game, but anything you saw from this game? Uh, or you actually, noticed in the bot score? Credit, credit to the Thunder. I mean, they've been down a lot of players. You know, SGA uh, has been down the last three to five games. They were competitive against the Lakers. Uh, they should have beat. They should have beat Denver. Actually, yeah. they got called for like a bogus offensive interference that uh, Murray flung th- uh, from half court, and like the guy at was the, at halftime, right? Yeah, at halftime, and they lost by two. So they've been competitive against the top teams. So shout out to I don't even know who their coach is, but yeah, I mean they're. Shoot, I don't either. It's like dang, I don't. I can't even pronounce it. But yeah, that's what I've noticed. The Bucks. They're on a three-game skid. I, I, they're still without Drew, so I'm not going to put too much stock into it. T- top teams have this. Lakers went on a four-game skid last year. It's normal. So 
no no panicking yet so we are going to shout the coach but they are still the 14th seed uh i get what you're saying the the um they're playing through injuries and all this stuff and like uh next man up their coach is mark dejan noltz <laughs> don't even try it. it's not right. billy donovan it's some french name i guess so we need to get timbo frenchy on here another shout yeah. out so um yeah you know i understand what you're saying next man up mentality and that's yeah. that's impressive for a young team uh bad haircuts still in the thunder I'm not gonna spend too much time on not not yeah. a lot of good haircuts. Yeah, that guy has like a weird like mullet, but he's it's, got it's waves like, and then a fro in the back. It's, it's like a, a very it's like odd. A fro. Yeah, it's like a mullet fro. It's weird. But hey, he I, I he's kind of been hooping. That's a uh, uh Baisley, I think. That's the one we're talking about. Maybe, yeah. Uh Phoenix continued their win streak. Uh this time taking care of the magic 9109. Uh Booker and Bridges both had over 20, and the Suns were in control the whole game. Uh, Boots struggled in this one, and only Terrence Ross able to get over 20 points for the Magic. Uh, Phoenix now comfortably sits at the fourth seed. Uh, Memphis routed the Kings 124-110 on the road, uh, led by Jonas Valanciunas and 20 with uh, 25 and 13. Uh, Kings got Fox back, although he led them in scoring. He looked a little rusty, shooting under 50%. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton had a good game off the bench as usual, but the Grizzlies had control of this game the whole way. Uh, textbook blowout as Memphis ends the weekend at the ninth spot in the West. Do you know any uh, anything about JJJ Justin Jackson? Or no, uh, Jaron Jackson. Well, actually, I have him. I have him in fantasy uh, basketball. Funny enough, he's still so like two weeks ago. It was he was ramping like he was getting back on in practice, and then all of a sudden, like a week later, it's like he's still about a month away. So I I have no idea. I just I yeah. want to see him back on the court because him and him and Jar are a good duo. But yeah, yeah. It, it still seems like probably post All Star. That we're gonna see him, unfortunately. Uh, other bad news. Bad news for the Lakers. Uh, they lose to the Nuggets 105-122 in the Mile High City and start the road trip 0-1. Uh, Jokic had 23, 16, and 10 in the W, and Murray led them in scoring with 25. Uh, Nuggets used a big for uh, second quarter and 19 threes to secure the W, and are now half a game back from the sixth seed. Uh, what did you see from the Nuggets in this one, George? Uh, they were on fire <laughs> from three. I mean. And it was like Zeke Najai, that, that Fazu Compazo guy. I mean, they were just hitting. Like, you can't – Lakers' defense didn't look good. The offense didn't look good. And, you know, AD went down. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But just I, I think after he went down, you know, right at halftime, that the energy and everything just went away. So, I don't know, I don't know how much you saw from Denver, how much stock you're going to put into this game because of AD. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly the before and after of Jokic's stat line when AD went out, because I know AD is an All-NBA defender, but uh, 23 points, 16 boards, 10 assists. That's MVP talk right there, and Jokic is in that conversation. Uh, this team kind of goes as Murray goes. He has a good game, they'll win, because Jokic is always going to put up those numbers. Uh, but, yeah, not, not a lot from here, because, I mean, it is a little tainted, because AD went down, but, I mean... Who knows? Maybe in, in a different world, the Lakers get like motivated by AD's injury and they they go on and wrap the Nuggets. But no, uh, yeah, uh, N- Nuggets kind of kept that to a halt and they got the W. Uh, Cavs showed just how far from grace they have fallen uh, as they lose one eleven to one twenty eight to the Clips. The Clips were without Kawhi and PG thirteen, so Lou Will was the player that stepped up in their absence, dropping thirty one in the starting lineup. Uh, Weird day, Lou Will in the starting lineup. Don't see that a lot. Started at the three, too, as well. They started three point guards. 
Reggie Jackson, Sheesh. Pat Bev, Lou Will. Well, I guess Lou Will's more of a two, but yeah, you get the point. Clippers, they're they're uh they're really showcasing their depth. Uh, I don't like they had like Ibaka. I think I think Ibaka had like twenty one as well. Like they're the they're really picking up the slack for like I know we uh I know the whole show me the playoffs thing, but you know not just this game because it's the Cavs. They've been pretty good without without PG, and we talked about it in the Kawhi conversation, but just. To be able to weather this storm and you know keep a top three seed, uh, because it's kind of it goes Jazz, Clippers, Lakers, uh, and then there's a pretty big gap between the fourth seed, uh, not in talent wise, but just the record wise. Yeah. Uh, as for the Cavs, Sexland had a good game, uh, but the defense has gone from a top ten to bottom five in the league. It just doesn't show any signs of stopping. They're on a one way ticket to the bottoms, uh, defense in the league. Embrace the tank, baby. Yeah, I don't know, um, but. That is the recap. I think we did a pretty solid job on that. Uh, but it is time for the halftime report. Um, you know, I got to do it. It's called the halftime report because it's the halfway part of the episode. Hopefully. I don't know how, I don't know how long it's been. We, we went pretty long, not going to lie. <laughs> um, and he's the half and two and a half hoopers. So let, can, me, hear, let me hear what you got as far as social media. Can I not be the half this episode since Josh isn't here? <sighs> sure. Whatever. Sure, <laughs> fine. Okay. Yeah. So it would have been better if both of you guys were here, but two teams are interested in Sacramento Kings forward, Nem- Nemanja Bielitsa. So which team do you think needs his services more? And do you know which team would have a better offer to throw at the Kings? Um, It really – so he's a, he's a pretty tall dude, right? He's power forward, stretch four? Yeah, three or four. Yeah, he's more, yeah. He's more of a big. Um, I think a team that could use him – I mean, I know we we're talking about the Celtics need, need a bigger guy, but they could probably use like a, he could be a like a a small ball four when they rest up Tatum. But I mean, honestly, I don't see a lot of teams that need like that much more shooting. Well, um, not a lot came to mind. Uh, did well, you have one in mind? Well, <laughs> I said the Heat and Sixers are interested in him. I don't know if you caught that. Oh, I didn't. I did not catch it. Okay, okay. Heat and Sixers. I think Sixers. Um, they do they do already have Furkan, which I feel like that'd be kind of uh overlapping a little bit. So I'm gonna take the heat. Um, I think you know he could probably use some more bodies, and they also lost Jay Crowder. And they lost Crowder, and you guys said that Leonard is out for the year. Leonard's out for the year. They also lost uh Derek Jones Jr., who doesn't have exactly. the same yeah uh, type of play, but he's a power forward. So okay, thank God you said the teams. Okay, yeah. I I, I think uh he could fill in Jay Crowder's void on offense, not on defense. But yeah. he could definitely uh, come out and give some minutes uh, as a backup. But they also do have Kelly Olynyk, which kind of – he's not as similar as Furkan is to him, but it would also be kind of repeating. But, like I said, he just needs some bodies. I agree. Uh, I agree. There. Yeah, so especially, I, think he could, I think he could fit there. Especially with the Heat losing a bunch of people from COVID and injuries. I think it's a smart uh, insurance policy. Moving on, Atlanta Hawks have started listening to offers for their young forward, John Collins. He's heading toward restricted free agency this summer. So is it in their best interest to ship him off before he hits or does he need to be in the long-term plans for the Atlanta Hawks? Uh, I was always, uh, cause we did a lot of Hawks talk, uh, not in the pod, but just before the, the season. Yeah. And I was kind of in the boat of like, why well, sign Gallo? You know, he, John, uh, John Collins matches Trey Young's uh, uh, timeline. And I still think that I, don't, I know he's hitting restricted free agency. Um, I think, they do now have to try and ship him because they're going to have to pay him probably, you know, uh, that, that rookie contract extension, that four year 72. 
Um, but I don't think they can do it because they have Gallo signed three years. They got uh, uh, Bogdan. Yeah, Bogdan. Yeah, it's uh, Bogdan, not Bojan. Yeah. Yeah, they they got they got Bogey signed uh four years too, and I think John Collins is their second best young piece. I haven't seen a lot from their the center they drafted Big O, but I think they really handcuffed themselves with the with the Gallo signing, and it seems like they want to bring off the bench too, which you sign him sixty mil to come off the bench. I don't get it, but uh, long story short. Uh, I think John Collins is worth keeping around, but I don't think they can because he's going to be a restricted free agent. Yeah. And I agree because I, he definitely, I think I've seen reports that he's going to want near a max. And I mean, yeah. for the Hawks to hard cap themselves that much with a team that I mean, we're feeling is probably fifth seed. We don't even know what they look like just because just, they're such just a jigsaw puzzle, like offensively, like they don't, mm-hmm. they haven't fit well so far, but yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't know if I see him in their long-term plans. Would so, you ship him out instead of just let him go get an offer somewhere else? Yeah. Like in free agency, yeah, you ship I, him before the deadline? Yeah, and I definitely think there's probably a good market for him. I wonder how he would fit in Sacramento. I would love that. Because, like, um, because he, he's kind of what they drafted Bagley to be. In Bagley, exactly. That's why I brought it up. What do you think the Kings are – I know I'm putting on a spot here, but what do you think the Kings' offer would be? Because John Collins is – I think the Hawks probably overvalue him too because I mean they're probably upset they have to trade him because they can't sign him because he's he's got great chemistry with Trey Young. Probably picks. I mean, healed. See, I don't I don't want them to bring in healed because they already have Reddish, they already have Herder, they already have Hunter. Like they they already have enough guards. Would you throw in slash want Bagley if you're either side? Kings. I mean, if you're gonna go get Collins, definitely you don't. Yeah, Bagley. You don't I mean, need Bagley, but do you think the Hawks you don't want him? I, I I mean, if they're going to get rid of Collins, they'd probably throw Gallo up there. More time uh, for Big O to run next to uh, Capella. I, I don't I don't think it's a good trade to give up John Collins for Marvin Bagley, but maybe a change of scenery helps. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Well, it'd be Bagley and other uh, assets, of course, because John Collins, you know. Uh, but I'd love that move for the Kings. Yeah, that, yeah. So I I think Kings is good is a good idea. Yeah, I think uh, I think. De'Aaron Fox could definitely benefit from a lob threat. And, you know, I, th- I think the, the Kings can use – John Collins ain't bad on D either. So, he, he really helped that team. And he fits their timeline. All righty. So, the last news, the probably the biggest news of the weekend, uh, Anthony Davis went down with an Achilles injury, which we both thought was a tear. <clears throat> so far, all we have is that uh, he re-aggravated the right Achilles tendinosis that he missed the previous two games for. Uh, they're going to do a MRI, a precautionary MRI uh, later Monday because there's still a decent amount of swelling. It seems to be that he avoided a major tear. Um, and actually, he sounded optimistic, according to Lakers reporter Mike Trudeau. Uh, initial exams didn't reveal anything that would cause real concern, he said. They're going to do an MRI to take a closer look, just try and figure out what are the best steps after. So it seems he avoided a season ending and a possible career altering injury, but it seems he's going to be out for at least a couple of weeks. Um, do we have concerns for this Achilles having um, getting hurt again down the road? And do you think we're going to slip far in this uh, Western conference standings? Um, I think, I think I'm taking a lot like a uh, lot lightly than you are um, just because if it was like a tear, which is only real, like huge thing that would keep him out for an extended extended period of time, they'd know by now. Uh, they normally don't need an MRI to see that. So, yeah, and, that's what, mm-hmm. and I've I've been like on the train of like uh, 
and I know tenderness is a tricky thing because you know it pops up constantly and it doesn't really go away. The pain. But I, I was like, just rest AD for as long as like you can. And he played last game. And he had 34, looked completely healthy, and then yeah, he drives this time. Doesn't uh, they call a foul on Jokic? Didn't look like a foul. Kind of non-contact, which most Achilles are, and um, you know he injures it and the two free throws and he walked off with help but he did walk off and um not everyone's kobe and can do that so i think it was a good sign exactly yeah uh but yeah to get to the standings portion i definitely think let me take a look at the uh the west standings right now so we got utah uh game and game and a half ahead of the lakers and then the the clippers are a game back from the lakers and then phoenix is all the way three games back from the lakers so uh phoenix is definitely streaking uh, they ha- they've won six in a row, like uh, like you mentioned, nine and one in the last ten. So exactly. I yeah. I could was- see a slipping all the way to five, probably. I could see Portland, uh, Phoenix, and the Clippers. Uh, definitely the Clippers are going to catch us. Um, but I I could see a slip into five. Um, just because I don't know how long they're going to be out. And but then again, we haven't really lost a lot of games without AD. Uh, LeBron's been coming through. So, so yeah, and <clears throat> AD said he felt as good as he had with the injury before tonight's game, and he was disappointed that he had a setback. So like the thing with this, I it's basically just like a pain tolerance thing. Like he even said that re- like fully resting it wouldn't like help it fully heal. Like it was more of like a load management type thing, like how much mm-hmm. you on it. And like you said, like yeah, he had 35, he looked great, and then all of a sudden it just boom came up. So it does give me concern. I would wait until he's like 110% healthy. But I do think that not like I'm saying like it's a blessing in disguise, but the Lakers, I mean, our offense hasn't been that good at all. Like lately, I, I don't even know if we're top 15. Um, so hopefully the team gets like a next man up type of urgency. Like, you know, our three point shooting was horrendous tonight. KCP has been in a funk. Trez did not play uh, well to his standards. LeBron was LeBron. Kyle Kuzma had a great game. Is but- Kuzma one that has to step up? uh in, in this hat if because always lebron has to go back to like if lebron plays all these games and we keep winning that's mvp stuff right there um and i this, think this is where he can really hammer it home are we getting like we, we have to get you know i mean yeah i just next minute is, is it gonna be kuz though if uh you know the, to he's probably LeBron. gonna start because he's starter kuz is a legit thing but i just mean like in terms of because markeith morris is gonna have a lot bigger role he was collecting dnps so it's going to be good to see, like, you know, he, he's been rusty. At the time he came in tonight, wasn't that good at all. So I, I just hope, like, they're able to get into a groove and, like, play well without AD. Because if we're if we still end up having a top three seed by the time he comes back and we can get him in integrated and we're still a number one overall defense, yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to do wonders for this team's confidence. Yeah, and this is why we picked up uh, this depth. Uh, you know, we got Marky Morris and Wesley Matthews to – starter caliber was Matthews starting last year on the contender so they're starting caliber um players collecting dnps now they're gonna step up like you mentioned and yeah i didn't i didn't like the trust signing at all i know uh josh josh and i didn't you loved it but I, i'm correct on that right you, you loved it and he didn't i was pretty high on it yeah yeah so no he's i mean he's helped us win games with just his pure energy so he's gonna mm-hmm. have to step up too scoring wise so we're going to see how it goes, but yeah, that's enough for that lengthy halftime segment. I feel like we are, <laughs> we might be hitting over an hour on this. Might pod. be running a little long, uh, but if you made, well, pause. Uh, if you made it to this part, I mean, good for you. Uh, thank you for the halftime report. Uh, moving on to best for last. This weekend, the NBA dropped the second update for the All-Star fan returns. Some notable, noticeable changes were uh, Fred Van Bleet 
uh, overtook Ben Simmons for the bottom spot in the East Guards uh, at number 10. Mitchell, uh, Donovan Mitchell and uh, John Morant swap spots at four and five. Uh, Clay moves uh, from 10 to eight, which <laughs> the fans just keep doing what they're doing. Uh, CJ McCollum moves from eight to nine, probably because, uh, you know, those initial votes for what he was doing at the beginning of the year kind of wore off because he still hasn't played between the first and second returns. And uh, AC Fresh kicks out Shea Gillick's Alexander for the number 10 spot in the West Guards. Uh, Laker Nation doing what they're, what they're capable of. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll ramp this up, you know, kind of speed run it because not a lot changed, especially besides the West Guards. Uh, what did you notice from this uh, first All-Star return? What caught your eye? Um, the fact that Ben Simmons is not top 10. I just thought like, you know, Philly has a large fan base. So I thought, I guess Philly hates Ben Simmons, which I mean, he's, he's their best defender. Just like he's Kendall Jenner. Top defenders in the league. And I, I just do not know why he is not top 10. I mean, he, I, I get the, the offensive inconsistencies, but he's so big for them on defense. I just, mm-hmm. I just don't get why he's not there. Well, yeah, as far as like, uh, cause Van Vliet, you know, uh, you got to keep in mind, like, uh, this is, you know, between the first, second all-star turns in between that time, Van Vliet was hooping, but yeah. I do wonder how, cause he had a slow start to the season. How many votes did he have in order to catch Ben Simmons? Because like he wasn't on the first return, obviously. And yeah. then now he, now he catches him. Yeah. I don't know if his, you know, surge in the middle of it was enough to catch Simmons in my eyes, but I understand how it happened. Um, and I don't think Philly's that like into Simmons uh, yeah. as they should be. Uh, because, you know, he does show most of his uh, value on the defensive end. And they're probably just not as you are. As he keeps being uh, inconsistent like this. Yeah. So Ben Simmons was at 117,000 on the first returns. And Van Vliet was 255. Let me see. Russell Westbrook was at 137. And now he's at. So he had about. Russell Westbrook had a 200,000 jump from where he was before. So, I mean, Fred Van Vliet's only at 255. So, yeah. Jump. 200,000. No I one's mean, voting Ben Simmons. Yeah. No one is voting Ben Simmons. So, I mean, if he had that much incremental of a jump, then yeah, you're right. It was because of how, you know, him dropping career high 54, actually franchise record 54 for Toronto. So it makes sense. Uh, Yeah. One thing I do want to touch on uh, the Mitchell and uh, Jaw swapping spots. I think the fans just, the fans just corrected themselves. Uh, I think deserves uh, the fourth spot more than Jaw. And I think, uh, you know, people just like Jaw more than Mitchell but they are able to correct themselves. You got a problem with that? No, I think, yeah, like you said, I think it will correct itself. Uh, and then yeah, to end this out, um, which are you more, which do you find like funnier clay moving, not only making the first one and being 10 at first, but I jumps two more spots or AC fresh kicking out Shay. My, my guy Shay, but it's still pretty funny that I, I think honestly, I mean, I kind of, See, the thing with these two, uh, they're two of the largest fan bases in the NBA, so it's expected that these two are going to get returns. I mean, <laughs> I think it's funny that uh, AC Fresh kicked out uh, SGA because I actually think SGA is – yeah, he was in my all-star ballot. So I think that I think that's more funny. Uh, Clay, it's just more of like an appreciate – like, you know, miss the guy. I mean, Caruso is one of our more impactful defenders, but I think that's just funny that he kicked out a young star in SGA. Yeah. Um, I definitely think, uh, I, I like the clay one more just because like, he hasn't played a single minute yeah. in like almost two years. I know. And, and he, and he's still like, uh, doing that. That's mostly fan base. The AC one was funny to me because he didn't come back in the first one. So I'm like, okay, like your nation's like cooling off. They're not going to do this again. And then like the second return is coming. He's in it now. Yeah. <laughs> I found, I found that really, it was kind of like a shock factor thing. Uh, 
but yeah, all-star uh, returns happened. Not a lot changed. Uh, like I said, four of the five, I, I said notable changes. Those were all the changes. Uh, and four of the five came in the West Guards. So that was really the only change there. And the only other change you took a uh, pretty offense to was uh, Van Vliet and Simmons uh, switching spots. Uh, so before we wrap it up here, uh, we mentioned the intro to send some questions in. And someone did. Our boy, uh, Josh Nowakowski, the J Sports Podcast. Go listen to the J Sports Podcast. Uh, remember, if you have a question too, go ahead and send it in. Here's what Josh had to say. Uh, hey, guys, I got an Andre Drummond question for you since you brought it up. Uh, if you would be traded or not. Uh, not sure if you would fit, but Drummond's in the Nets. Just imagine Lamelo lob to Drummond, the broadcaster's going crazy. Uh, I'll give this to you first, George. So actually, funny enough, I texted Josh this, that I was actually thinking about that, but I failed to bring it up during the pod. So my fault, and good job by Josh for catching me lacking. Uh, yeah, no, I'd love that. You know, they have uh, Zeller as their center right now, who's just... Very underrated. He's, no, he's very... He's, under, he's, he's, underrated, he's solid. I mean, he's not like a stat... You know, he's not a stat stuffer. He's not, mm-hmm. I mean, Drummond is just a black hole on the, on the boards. I mean, he, he is, you set a pencil him in for 15, 15 every night. Um, so yeah. And like Josh said, th- uh, running lobs with LaMelo, I'd love it. And I mean, they're a six seed right now, you know, imagine they get into a first round series. And if you have a guy like Drummond going up against like a team like the Nets, like if, it, if that was a three, six matchup, oh, Drummond could feast and you know, they're not going to, they're not going to beat the Nets at all, but it could make it an interesting make series. So yeah. Yeah. I'd love that. And uh, I don't know if Josh brought this up as like a potential trade offer, but maybe like a Malik Monk, because let's be realistic. Cleveland needs more of like a, like a forward. Cause they have their backcourt duo. They have Larry Nance. They have well, Malik uh, Monk is six, two. Oh, he's that short. Yeah, he's he's a, he's an understanding too. He's like a JJ Redick. I was playing at the three. Mm. Well, Lamelo Pet technically plays point guard from but he's six eight, so they can slide Monk into that spot. Maybe like one of the Martin twins, or maybe maybe even asking about like Devontae Graham because, I mean, as you, like a backup. I like that. I like because they're looking to trade him. I feel like. Yeah, because he's because he's been collecting DNPs. Rozier and Lamelo are a great backcourt duo. Well, uh, Graham's been injured. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's been injured, but I mean, he's just also been like kind of the odd man out because Rosier's been hooping. Lamelo, mm-hmm. Lamelo should be cemented starter for the long haul, the next so, ten years. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, maybe like they can ask for like Devonte Graham, and he could just come off the bench like a six man. That that would be nice. Yeah, I uh, I I do like the Devonte Graham one because I feel like that's one of the only trades that the Cavs won't get pennies on the dollar for Drummond. Yeah. I think uh, it'd be a win win. I think Cavs might win that trade. Just because it doesn't help their defense, and they also already have their front court—I mean, their back court of the future—in Sexland, but yeah. it's still a very, very uh, tradable piece, a uh, valuable piece to get a player like Devonte Graham back. Um, and if they don't want to do that, maybe you know that uh, Hornets toss. I don't know how uh, light they're going to be with their first-round picks because they still are kind of rebuilding. But hey, if they feel like they have a set uh, something set in their future, and they feel like they got cap space to burn a resign Drummond at the end of the year. I guess he's going to toss in a first out there. I'm sure the Cavs will be interested to hear that. Definitely. Um, I would also – Hornets is the only team – shout out Josh – that really – they're not like a contender like the Nets and the Celtics. Like, um, like it's the only team I feel like that would be interested in Drummond that isn't like a top-tier contender. So I like the team to go there. Anything else to add for that? Nope. I, I love the questions. Yeah, shout out J Sports Podcast. Eat us more, y'all. Uh, well, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Uh, thanks for watching or listening. And if you uh, – like, be sure to remember, follow us at THHubers on Instagram and Twitter and say what's up. 
I guarantee you'll get a response as George never caught Lackman without his phone. Uh, Josh, I mean, George, I'm proud of you. You, you, you did really good today. Uh, you really filled in, you filled in for Josh and you still hold your own. Appreciate you. Uh, besides that, I, everyone, thanks for being an OG and, uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Peace out y'all.